Today is the second day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is fantastic to be here with you today. Today would have been my, well, it is my dad's birthday. He is no longer with us. Um, today would have been his 80th. He only made it to his 58th birthday. And so uh, he's shockingly missed on some days, and this being one of them, since it's his birthday and I'm thinking about him. And I can still hear his voice in my head. It's been a long, long time since we've had a conversation. I'm a very, very different person than the last time I got to talk to him. But it's funny. Uh, and those of you who have lost a parent and you loved them very, very much and you kind of walk with a limp after you lose them and I've lost both of my parents and that has been really hard uh, to feel like an orphan on some days. It's it's definitely, grief is an interesting thing how it sneaks up on you even after you've been doing well for a while. But I, I can hear so many other things uh, that my father taught me. And that he showed me. And one of the things that he showed me was a love for the scriptures. Even though uh, I wasn't paying all that much attention, it was sinking in. And I do indeed love the scriptures. And I can still hear his voice in my head. Um, giving plenty of advice that I did follow and plenty of advice that I didn't. But ultimately learned how right he was. And so... Uh, yeah, I could sit here and talk about my dad, but we have some scripture to get to. But it is a happy birthday and a commemoration. I I do like to arrive at these days, birthdays and stuff and think back and appreciate the moment that we're in and appreciate that we got here somehow and how we got here is on the backs of those who came before us and so uh, I don't think there could be a daily audio Bible without my mom and there couldn't be one without my dad at least I wouldn't be involved in it I wouldn't be here and so I am grateful to have been escorted into this world by such giants of people who even though their lives have ended on earth and I can't text or call them the reverberations of their lives echo around in my heart and mind every single day. So, happy birthday, Dad. And now let's dive into the scriptures, something that he would very much have loved to do together with us. And so we'll do it in his honor. We've been reading from the book of Daniel as we've navigated through the Old Testament at this portion of the year. That's what we'll do. And uh, we're also moving through First John in the New Testament, which is what we'll do when we get there. But first, Daniel, chapter 9, verse 1 through 11, verse 1, today. In the first year that Darius the Mede, Ahasuerus' son, ruled over the Babylonians, I, Daniel, 
was studying the word of the Eternal One according to the prophet Jeremiah and discovered in the scrolls the number of years that Jerusalem must lie desolate before it is restored. That is, 70 years. After learning this, I turned to the Lord God, praying diligently, begging for His mercy, grieving and fasting in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Eternal One, my God, praising His greatness and confessing our sins. Lord God, You are great and awesome. You are always faithful to the covenant You made with us. Your unfailing love extends to all who love You and keep Your commandments. But we have sinned and wronged You. We have acted wickedly in our rebellion, going so far as to disregard Your commandments and regulations. We have ignored the message given through Your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your behalf to our kings, princes, ancestors, indeed every last person of the land. O Lord, you always do what is right. It is your due, but we deserve nothing this day but public and open shame. The people of Judah, Jerusalem, indeed all of Israel, those who are in neighboring regions and those who are in the farthest reaches, driven into exile by you for all the treacherous acts they committed against you. We all deserve nothing but shame. Eternal One, public and open shame is our due, for we have sinned against you, all of us, our kings, princes, and ancestors, but you, O Lord our God, still show us compassion and forgiveness, even though we have openly rebelled against you. We have not obeyed the voice of the Eternal our God, for we have failed to live by the teachings you gave us directly through your servants, the prophets. All the people of Israel have abandoned your teachings, deserted your covenant, and refused to obey your voice. This is why the curse and the oath inscribed in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us, for we have sinned against you. By unleashing on us this great calamity, you have carried out your solemn words warning us and our leaders who led us astray. Under all of heaven, nothing like what happened to Jerusalem has ever happened before. All the calamity that has befallen us fulfills the warnings written in Moses' law. But despite our adversity, we have not sought the favor of the Eternal, our God, by walking away from our sins and pursuing insight into your truth. And now we have earned the misery that the Eternal has stored up for us. Truly, the Eternal, our God, was right to do all He has done, for we refused to obey His voice. Now, Lord our God, You have made Your name great among the nations to this day by liberating Your enslaved people from the land of Egypt with powerful deeds. Yet we have sinned against You, our Liberator, and we have acted wickedly. Lord, the reputation of your city Jerusalem has suffered, and your people are mocked by those around us because we and our ancestors have done wrong. I beg you to spare your city Jerusalem, 
your holy mountain. Turn away your burning anger and fiery wrath from your people according to all your covenant mercies. Now, God, please hear the prayers and petitions voiced today by your servant. Shine your face on your destroyed and desolate sanctuary for the sake of your name, my Lord. Lend an ear, my God, and hear this prayer. Open your eyes and see our deserted streets and witness the devastation across the city that bears your name. We are crying to you and asking for mercy, not because we are righteous and deserve it. No, we bring these petitions to you because we know of your great mercy. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, forgive our sins. Lord, pay attention to our plight and act without delay. Not for our sake, my God, but for yours, because these people and this city bear your name. For much of the day, I was pleading and praying, confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel, presenting my case to the Eternal One, my God, on behalf of Jerusalem, His holy mountain. About the time of the evening sacrifice, while I was still pleading and praying and almost completely exhausted, the man Gabriel, who had appeared to me in an earlier vision, appeared again and reached out to me. Gabriel said, Daniel, I have come for one purpose, to offer you insight and understanding into these matters. When you began your pleading earlier today, a word was issued. I was instructed to come and tell you about it, for you are highly regarded by God. So pay close attention so that you can understand the vision. The decree has been issued. Your people and your holy city have seventy sevens of time to bring rebellion to a close, to put an end to sin to wipe away guilt, to bring in a righteousness that endures, to seal up the prophet's vision, and to anoint the most sacred place. No one understand this. From the proclamation of the word to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to the arrival of the anointed ruler, there will be seven weeks of time. For 62 weeks of time, the community will be restored, the city rebuilt with broad streets and deep defenses, even through times of trouble. After those 62 weeks of time, the Anointed One will be cut down and have nothing. Then the warriors of the Prince, who is to come, will destroy the city and defile the sanctuary. Its end will come swiftly, as in a flood, and to the end, there will be war. The decree has been issued. Desolation. And that prince will make a binding treaty with many people for a one-week period of time. In the middle of that one period, he will put a stop to all sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. And at the height of his atrocities, he will set up an abominable idol, that desecrates the most holy place until the desolation decreed is finally poured out on the defiler. 
In the third year of King Cyrus' reign over the Persian Empire, Daniel, who had been named Belteshazzar by his Babylonian captors, received a word from God through another vision. The message proved reliable, and it had to do with a great war. Daniel understood the word and gained insight into the future through this vision. Here is his account. When I received this vision, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three weeks. I had eaten very little, no meat and no rich foods at all. I had not enjoyed the taste of wine, nor had I used any oils to bathe or groom myself. I continued this way throughout the three full weeks. The vision came to me on the 24th day of the first month. As I was on the bank of the great Tigris River, I lifted my eyes and saw what seemed at first to be a man dressed in linen clothing. Around his waist was a belt made of the purest gold. His body had the appearance of yellow topaz. His face was bright like flashes of lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and legs sparkled like polished bronze. His voice sounded like thunder. I, Daniel, alone saw this man and heard his voice. Though there were others around me who did not see this sight, they were still overcome with fear and ran to hide. I did not. I was left all alone to witness this glorious sight. My strength soon left me. My face was drained of its natural color and I was confused. I had no energy at all. Then I heard his voice and caught the sounds of his words. As I did, I fell into a deep sleep. My face pressed to the ground. Just then, a mighty hand touched me and lifted my trembling body onto my hands and knees. The messenger said, Daniel, you are highly regarded by God. I have been sent to help you understand the destiny of your people. Stand up and listen carefully to what I have to tell you. As he spoke, I slowly rose to my feet, though I was still shaking. The messenger said, Do not be afraid, Daniel. From the very first day that you began to pursue understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard. I have been sent in response to what you've said. I would have been here sooner. However, for the past 21 days, the spirit prince of Persia opposed me and prevented my coming to you. Then Michael, one of the chief princes of heaven, came to my aid because I alone was busy dealing with the kings of Persia. I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days. For this vision is about a time yet to come. As he was saying all this to me, I dropped my head and looked at the ground, completely quiet, unable to respond. Then one who looked like the sons of men approached and touched my lips. After that, I was able to open my mouth and speak again. I turned to the one standing before me. I said, My Lord, what I have seen has left me utterly depressed. I have no strength left. 
How can I, your humble servant, even begin to address someone like you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly catch my breath. Again, the one who looked like a man reached out and touched me. With that, I felt my strength begin to return. The messenger said, Do not be afraid, you who are highly regarded by God. May peace rest on you and make you whole. Be strong. Be brave. At his words, I grew even stronger. I said, Please continue, my Lord, for your words have given me strength. The messenger said, Do you realize now the reason I have come to you? Soon I must return to continue the fight with the spirit prince of Persia. When I do go, the spirit prince of Greece will come to do battle. Nevertheless, I will tell you what is inscribed in the scroll of truth. No one stands with me against the guardians except for Michael, your heavenly prince. Darius the Mede has been on the throne less than one year when I came forward to back him and strengthen him. First John 2, 18 through 3, 6. My children, this is the final hour. You have heard that the Antichrist, the greatest enemy to his kingdom, is coming, but in fact, many Antichrists are already here. This development tells us how late it really is. A group has left us, but they were not part of our family. If they were truly our brothers and sisters, they would have remained for the duration with us. When they left, they made it ever so obvious that they were not part of us. You have been given an anointing, a special touch from the Holy One. You know the truth. I am not writing to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. You know that no lie belongs to the truth. The liar is the one who says, Jesus is not really the anointed one. This is the Antichrist, the one denying both the Father and the Son. Anyone who denies the Son does not know the Father. The one affirming the Son enjoys an intimate relationship with the Father as well. Let the good news, the story you have heard from the beginning of your journey, live in and take hold of you. If that happens and you focus on the good news, then you will always remain in a relationship with the Son and the Father. This is what He promised us. Eternal life. I also am writing to warn you about some who are attempting to deceive you. You have an anointing. You received it from Him, and His anointing remains on you. You do not need any other teacher. But as His anointing instructs you in all the essentials, all the truth uncontaminated by darkness and lies, it teaches you this. Remain connected to Him.
So now, my little children, live in him, so that whenever he is revealed, we will have confidence and not have to hang our heads in shame before him when he comes. If you know that he is just and faithful, then you also know that everyone who lives faithfully and acts justly has been born into a new life through him. Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true, we are his beloved children. And in the same way the world didn't recognize him, the world does not recognize us either. My loved ones, we have been adopted into God's family and we are officially his children now. The full picture of our destiny is not yet clear, but we know this much. When Jesus appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. All those who focus their hopes on him and his coming seek to purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who lives a life of habitual sin is living in moral anarchy. That's what sin is. You realize that he came to eradicate sins, that there is not the slightest bit of sin in him. The ones who live in an intimate relationship with him do not persist in sin. But anyone who persists in sin has not seen and does not know the real Jesus. Psalm 121 A song for those journeying to worship. I look up at the vast size of the mountains. From where will my help come in times of trouble? The eternal creator of heaven and earth and these mountains will send the help I need. He holds you firmly in place. He will not let you fall. He who keeps you will never take his eyes off you and never drift off to sleep. What a relief. The one who watches over Israel never leaves for rest or sleep. The Eternal keeps you safe, so close to him that his shadow is a cooling shade to you. Neither bright light of sun nor dim light of moon will harm you. The Eternal will keep you safe from all of life's evils. From your first breath to the last breath you breathe. From this day and forever. Proverbs 28, 27 and 28 Whoever gives to the poor will have what he needs. But the one who shuts his eyes to their plight will face curse after curse. When the wicked have the upper hand, people go into hiding. But when they perish, the good folk will begin to increase. Okay, let's talk about unmet expectations 
because that seems to really be at the heart of what John is saying today in First John. So think about a time when you had an expectation and it went unmet. And you were counting on that. You were counting on that relationship or you were counting on that money or you were counting on that opportunity or whatever. And you had kind of put your heart in that direction. You were counting on it. And it didn't happen. The expectation went unmet. Nobody likes that kind of a scenario. Everybody tries to reduce those sorts of scenarios in our lives. In fact, like we can go crazy when our expectations are unmet. Even like with a with a store, we ordered a product and it was defective and we had waited or it it didn't work right or it, it was an unmet expectation. We can fire off really nasty emails or say really nasty things to customer service people or whatever when, when our expectations aren't met. We'll say things like, I'm never shopping at this establishment again, ever. I'll take my patronage somewhere else. And underneath that, we're questioning uh, the integrity of the establishment or the business or whatever. We're beginning to doubt that they will deliver or can deliver. Think about how we do this spiritually. Because so much of the doubt that we can experience on the faith journey really does have its roots and orientation in unmet expectations. We became a Jesus follower and that changed our lives and then we began to learn and we were taught all kinds of things that we should be expecting and we were taught how to believe in faith for things. And when those expectations go unmet, then we wonder, does this really work? And that can lead to doubt. And doubt can lead us into deception until we want to chuck the whole thing. Throw it by the wayside and continue walking down the path and leave faith behind, or at least our version of it. But some people don't just chuck it to the side and walk away from it and say that just didn't work for me some people become antagonistic antagonistic toward other believers antagonistic toward Jesus they become anti Jesus they become as the Bible puts it anti-Christ and that's kind of where we pick up in John's letter today. And I quote, My children, this is the final hour. You have heard that the Antichrist, the greatest enemy to his kingdom, is coming. But in fact, many Antichrists are already here. This development tells us how late it really is. A group has left us, but they were not part of our family. If they were truly our brothers and sisters, they would have remained for the duration with us. When they left, they made it ever so obvious that they were not part of us. 
as we look at the story that's going on behind the story, the con the contextual story, we begin to understand that unmet expectations play heavily. Our earliest brothers and sisters who came to believe in Jesus also believed that the end was near. And by near, that's like not metaphorically near. It's imminent. It's any moment. It's any day now. The end is coming. The age is changing. Christ is returning. They will be a part of ushering this all in. They are on the ground floor of the establishment of the kingdom of God in this world. And that was the expectation. And it went unmet. They got other things instead. They got persecuted. They got marginalized. They were verbally ridiculed. And maybe they were holding on because this is the ground floor of the kingdom of God. But then it just didn't happen that way. And many abandoned their faith returning to traditional Judaism or just kind of disappearing into the woodwork, continuing to follow Jesus, but staying out of the fray. And then as they began to realize that instead of this grand kingdom, suffering and endurance were what they were going to need to do. Well, then some got mad because we tend to get mad when we have unmet expectations John says, when they left, they made it ever so obvious that they were not a part of us. And in the thick of it, while there is marginalization and persecution happening, while there is verbal abuse happening, while the people are being pushed into the margins, while awaiting the arrival of Jesus, all kinds of teachings are being said about Jesus, all kinds of different versions and nuances about who Jesus was and how Jesus was and what Jesus was doing began to swirl. What is the true nature of Jesus? Was Jesus a human being or was Jesus a divine being, a God, or was he both so as people are dealing with unmet expectations, they're hearing some of these other teachings and beginning to wonder, is what we were told the truth? Did these apostles tell us the truth? Do we believe the truth or a lie? And John is stepping into the middle of that with his letter. And so I quote, You have been given an anointing, a special touch from the Holy One. You know the truth. I am not writing to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. You know that no lie belongs to the truth. The liar is the one who says, Jesus is not really the anointed one. This is the Antichrist, the one denying both the Father and the Son. Anyone who denies the Son does not know the Father, 
The one affirming the son enjoys an intimate relationship with the father as well. And then he goes on to say, I also am writing to warn you about some who are attempting to deceive you. You have an anointing. You received it from him, and his anointing remains on you. You do not need any other teacher. But as his anointing instructs you in all the essentials, all the truth uncontaminated by darkness and lies, it teaches you this. Remain connected to him. So John is aware of what is going on and he is speaking to what is going on. He is watching the swirl and the confusion that is going on and he's saying, look, what you were told from the get-go is the gospel. You were told the truth from the beginning. Nothing has changed. No matter who comes and tells you totally different stories, nothing has changed. And then that becomes the lesson for us. We've all experienced unmet expectations. We don't like it. We react in all kinds of ways when it happens to us. But then when we look spiritually at unmet expectations, we realize that we may have bitterness that just lives inside of us. We may have all kinds of stuff swirling around, all kinds of doubt, all kinds of questions. Because it's not the way we thought it was supposed to be. We were going to we were going to pay our tithes and get a hundredfold back. It was just going to be nonstop. Like this was going to be awesome and not and instead instead we're suffering, we're enduring. And then we're questioning everything and believe me, Questions aren't the problem. Asking questions of our faith, that like that's part of the faith tradition from the very, very beginning. Wondering, learning, growing, stretching, asking, this is fine. But when we do that with a spirit of bitterness, then it's the bitterness that's doing the talking, basically. It's the unmet expectations that are usually guiding the way here. What we need to remember, first of all, is that it's been 2,000 years. This was going on a long time ago. But the truth of what John is saying hasn't changed. The gospel is still the same. The truth is still the same. We talked about this some when we were moving through the letters of Peter. The same unmet expectations. People expected the imminent arrival of Jesus and it didn't happen and they were having to endure. And Peter is like, is God delaying or are we being impatient? And that opens up so many things that we talked about then. Like the patience of the Lord and our endurance is collaborating with God. He doesn't want to lose anybody. But when we have these unmet expectations in our spiritual journey, John is essentially warning us that the story hasn't changed, the truth hasn't changed, and if we fall into a swirl of deception, we could very easily find ourselves abandoning our faith and becoming anti-Christ. 
And I doubt that that's any of our goal. So, Father, we invite you into that. We invite you into the idea of unmet expectations. We're in a fallen, broken human world, and there are plenty of unmet expectations. But when we apply those to you, as if you have withheld from us, or that you're not even aware of us, we see how quickly, how easily we can go spinning off into all kinds of deception. Holy Spirit, come. We're asking what we have asked so many times this year. Lead us into all truth. We believe that that's your desire for us, and we believe that that is what we need. The truth, that you would lead us into the truth. And not lead us to the threshold of the truth and then abandon us there. That you would lead us continually on the pathways of truth, on the pathways of righteousness, and that we would not become weary with unmet expectations. May we hold on to you. You have certainly held on to us, even when we did not deserve it at all. You haven't stopped hoping for us. You haven't stopped believing in us. May we hold on to you for dear life, following the examples of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. It is the website. It's where you find out what is going on around here. Unless, of course, you're using the Daily Audio Bible app. And that would put everything in the palm of your hand. It is Christmas time around here. And so there are a couple of Christmas things going on. We are preparing for our annual Daily Audio Bible Family Christmas Party. Uh, that we have each year, one of my most heartwarming Christmas traditions since uh, since the Daily Audio Bible began. And so how this works is you get to call in your holiday greetings and holiday wishes to the community that you've been step-by-step, day-by-day with all year. And the way that you do that is either hit the hotline button in the app or dial 877 942 Four two five three, and all of those instructions may sound familiar because yes that is the prayer request and encouragement lines that we use each and every day right now they're doubling also as a way for us to gather all of the holiday greetings that come in each year so two rules about it one do not call in a holiday greeting combined with a prayer request or encouragement in the same call call in your holiday greeting and then if you have a prayer request or encouragement call that in separately make them separate so one of the only times that we can uh can do that and then the second rule is just just call in one holiday greeting like don't call in 10 of them or five of them or whatever, just call in one holiday greeting. It is a large, large production, but it is also a a lengthy party that we have. It's beautiful. 
I love it. I can't wait for it. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. So call in. The other thing is, uh, the other Christmas related thing is that the Daily Audio Bible Family Christmas Box for 2022 is available. And it is packed full of resources for the journey that we are on. Some resources you'll want to keep. Maybe some you'll want to give away as gifts. But you can check it all out at dailyaudiobible.com in the shop or using the app by pushing the little icon in the upper left-hand corner and then going into the shop and you'll find a Christmas section there and you'll find the Christmas box in the Christmas section. And so check that out. And if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you. If uh, what's happening around the global campfire is life-giving, then thank you humbly for your partnership here at the end of the year. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And if you have a prayer request or encouragement or holiday greeting, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Blessings to all the dubbers out there. This is his child from Canada. And this is a request, is respond to request from Redemption Wing. He's very concerned about the journey he's taking right now away from God. Redemption Wing, I want you to know that God loves you so much. And God already sees and knows the desire of your heart and the desire of your heart is to follow him and be obedient to him. I would like to read a scripture for you which is found in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 and it says, Come now, let us reasons together, says the Lord, though your Sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they are red as crimson, they shall become like wool. So it does not matter where you are at, what you have done, just go to God, which you are doing right now. Humble yourself and repent, and God will forgive you. And it's not by your work that you are redeemed. Jesus Christ already died on the cross for your sins, my sins, and the sins of the world. So you are going to be okay. Just continue to trust in God, hope in Him, and live your life in obedience. And um, allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Hello, this is Dr. Mack in Alexandria, Virginia. 
I'm calling to pray for the young lady who asked to pray for her mother who was found on the wrong property. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for loving us the way you do. Thank you for this young lady who is so concerned about her mom. We ask you, dear God, that you would rescue you who are the rescuer of all of your children, you who don't condemn us for the things that we do, but you rescue us, you deliver us, you save us, Lord. We pray for the for this lady that you would deliver her in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers for her. We pray that you would strengthen her daughter and you will draw the entire family close to you in this situation in Jesus' name. I also want to pray for all the daily audio Bible believers. Father God, thank you for Brian, for Jill, for Ezekiel, and for all those who bring this podcast to us on a daily basis. Pray a blessing upon them in this Christmas season, that you meet their every need. Also pray for all the DAB Bible listeners and those who pray that you will bless them and grant them the desires of the heart. May you draw all of us closer to you in this Christmas season. And may you help us to realize that you're always here for us no matter what. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you thanks for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. You're such an awesome, awesome father. Receive the praise and the thanks and the glory from all of us in this season, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, it's Margot in Liberia and soon to be Margot back in Australia. So we are actually moving on from Liberia. Uh, Stephen has taken on a training captain role at the MAF International Base, which happens to be back in Australia. So... We're going to be leaving Liberia, actually, in a few days. Um, It's been a huge shock for me in particular. I had thought we would be in Liberia quite a bit longer. Um, But it looks as though after four years in Africa, the Lord has told us it's time to move on. And I can totally see his hand in this. But obviously, it's going to be very bittersweet for us. I will still be running my women's crisis home that I've recently opened. I'll be running it just remotely and I'll come back to visit. Um, but the, the move is going to be another wrenching for us, another big change for us, another change of identity for me. So there are many, many emotions. And I just wanted to ask you guys for prayer. And I just wanted to let you guys know, I know that many of you have just been praying for me while I've been here these past four years. It's been a very hard four years, but also just so fulfilling. I am leaving here burnt out, um, but I have no regrets. I will heal and this has been the most amazing opportunity for me here. And I'm so grateful that God allowed me to do this. He could have let anyone go, but he let me go. And I'm so grateful. I will keep in touch with you guys and let you know how things are going. But thanks again. Thank you, you know, for, for praying. And God bless you all so much. Hi, this is Daddy's Girl from Wichita, Kansas, November the 26th, 2022. I want to say thanks to the Lord who has done it all for us. 
We are a thankful people, and we acknowledge him as God. This message is from for Kathy from Kentucky. I heard your cry when you said it was hard to be alone and that you have to deal with inflation and bed bugs and mice. Kathy, I am praying that your circumstances have to line up with the word of God. You have to speak to your circumstances and say, God said, it is not good for man or woman to be alone. To the bed bugs and mice say, God said, no pestilence shall come nigh my dwelling. That's uh, Psalms 91. And to the famine, the Lord said, he has never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Kathy, just like you put something out for the mice and the bed bugs, you got to put out the word. You have to remind yourself and your circumstances who God is and what he has done for you. Every morning, I want you to thank God for what he has done and say, the best is yet to come. Say it in the mirror when you get up each morning. Remind the devil who you belong to and what you are working with, girl. You don't sound like a woman who will just roll over and play dead. Fight like a girl. Put the word on it. Say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Say that every morning in the mirror when you get up. Remind yourself that the best is yet to come. Amen. Good morning, DAB. This is God's tree. I have many branches, but I'm rooted in every word of God. A few years ago, well, several years ago, I received a really terrible heartbreak. And because of that pain, I allowed myself to get involved with someone that was not good for me. And I continued that relationship on and off for years. And that relationship became like an addiction to me to to, to heal the pain that I, I've been in. But I realize now that God never wanted me to be in that relationship. So I tried to break free from it. And this morning I got up this morning with the purpose of breaking it off finally and totally. But it's ironic that first thing this morning I get to see the scripture on November 28th that stated that Brian's cat threw up, walked away, came back, stuck her nose in it, and ate it up again. And it hit me home when I realized when I'm caught up in the sin that I'm in, then I need to purge it out of my life. So I ask that you would pray my strength and that the Holy Spirit would guide me and keep me and give me, fulfill what I need in my heart so I won't return back to my vomit. And I thank you for your prayers. Amen.